At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is the look ahead with Scott Seidenberg on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Scott Seidenberg here with you. This is the look ahead here on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. You can always hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on air, S C O T T S O N. A-I-R. Major League Baseball, what an exciting Thursday as we get ready now for weekend series to begin on Friday. Uh, favorites uh, in underdogs, 5-5 five and five here on Thursday. Uh, and the overs, 5-3-2 and two with pushes in L.A. and Boston and Tampa and Seattle. Uh, all the information, the view from Vegas from our friend Dave Tooley. And look, Overs now, uh, unders are leading still at 54.8% on the season. Unders were at 60% just 10 days ago, as Dave tweets out. And I've noticed this. I'm sure you've noticed this as well. We have seen a lot of overs in the last week or so, last two weeks. The book's may have adjusted too much to the unders. We saw on Monday three games that were six and a half. All three went over. We've seen sevens posted in games that probably should be eights. One of the overs that I gave out today was the Mets and the Phillies. It was at eight. That total should have been eight and a half or nine. And the Phillies were up seven to one and the Mets, wow. I mean, you want to talk about history? The Mets heading into this game against the Phillies. The previous 330 times that the Mets went into a ninth inning Trailing by six runs, they were 0 and 330. Let that sink in. 330 losses and zero wins when going into the ninth inning down by six runs. The Mets erased a six run lead, scoring seven runs in the top of the ninth inning. To beat the Phillies 8-7. I mean, I cashed the over 
way before that. Yeah, I was happy with it. But, uh, oof, that is a tough loss to bounce back from. And I, I'm, I'm very curious to see what happens with the Phillies here now going up against Max Scherzer on Friday. Mets minus 140. Uh, elsewhere, Shohei Otani struck out 11. He also had a pretty good day at the plate. And um, the Angels score eight runs off the Red Sox bullpen to win 8 nothing. This was a play that I apologize for not giving out on the best bets document, but I gave it out on the show last night when we were talking about this game. And the reason why I love the Angels and I love the Angels team total was because we knew Rich Hill was not going to go deep into the game. He doesn't go past the fifth inning. In fact, a lot of the times he only gets four innings. So going up against the Red Sox bullpen, which has not been good, the Angels were going to be able to take advantage. So uh, Angels on the team total, Angels for the game. These were the plays for this game. Um, If you were listening last night and you cashed, great job. Um, Angels win this one, like I said, against the bullpen, eight to nothing. The Brewers and the Reds, boy, another run line victory for a team going against the Cincinnati Reds. The Reds this year are a major league worst six and 19 against the run line as they fall. To three and twenty-two. They've lost nine straight games now. And for the second game in a row, they took a lead after the top of the first inning. And for the second game in a row, that lead was erased quickly. As the Brewers were down three-nothing before they even got up to bat. They immediately respond with three runs in the bottom of the first, three runs in the bottom of the second, two runs in the bottom of the third, and this game was over. The Cincinnati Reds are pathetic. But be careful. I am issuing a warning to all of you out there that just want to blindly bet against the Cincinnati Reds. They will get healthy at some point. You'll get guys like Jonathan India and Joey Votto back in the lineup. They will also face teams that will overlook them. Maybe go with a bullpen day. Maybe they push a starter back a day or so because they don't want to waste an arm against the Cincinnati Reds. They'd rather set up their rotation for the next series. So maybe you go with a bullpen day or somewhat. You might get teams that DH a player. Give a guy a night off, knowing that it's an opponent that you should easily beat. So there will be nights where the Reds are overlooked and they come away with victories. Plus, The math just has to come into play. 
the worst record in the history of a 162-game season was 43 wins by the 2003 Tigers. If we say that the Reds will tie that mark for the worst season in baseball history, that means they have to win 40 games for the rest of this season. Those 40 wins are coming whether you like it or not. So those 40 wins will come in games where you bet against them. Pick your spots. Be careful. You might think because the Reds are playing the Pirates and the Pirates, uh, you know, should beat them and the line is only minus 130 and ooh, that's got to be a gift because it's so low. Be careful. That is my warning to you about fading the Cincinnati Reds blindly. Now, that being said, Reds go up against the Dodgers. You fire minus a one and a half as fast as you can. Okay, Reds go up against the Mets. You fire minus one and a half as fast as you can. <laughs> Elsewhere here on Thursday, the Rockies beat the Nationals in a back and forth game that goes over the heavy total there at Coors Field, 9-7. Guardians and Blue Jays go over. This was another one we loved. Uh, this one goes over easily, 6-5, the final score there. Mets, I uh, talked about that one. The Orioles, 5-3 win over the Twins, and... There, I, there was a couple of home runs. I mean, we had talked earlier about the unders at Camden Yards and about the um, home runs that were um, not going to happen because of moving the fences back in left field. Well, there was a home run hit to left field today in this game by Austin Hayes that was beyond the pushed-back wall, over the pushed-up wall. That ball was... At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Carrying at Camden Yards. 5-3 final score. Uh, Astros, a 3-2 walk-off win in the bottom of the ninth over the uh, Tigers after the Tigers tie the game in the top of the ninth on a two-out, two-run home run by uh, Candelario. And then I think it was Kyle Tucker got the walk-off hit in the bottom of the ninth uh, off of Gregory Soto. So 
Astros get the 3-2 win. Padres a 2-1 win over the Marlins in a very, very low-scoring game. Uh, the Rays, that was our play of the day. Rays in the first five innings going up against the Mariners. And uh, the handicap was simple for me. I was fading Robbie Ray. But more importantly, I was fading this Mariners offense that has been quiet as a mouse over the past week or so. And Shane McClanahan, who has much better advanced stats than his actual stats, which are pretty good in their own right, was going to be able to stifle this offense. And through five innings, that's exactly what he did. Uh, Rays score four in the top of the fourth, and they uh, they take a 4-1 lead after five. And then the Cardinals against the Giants. The Giants I was on and should have completely backed off when they made the pitching change and uh, Webb was pushed back. Um, Cardinals win 7-1. to one. The Giants now have lost four straight games, and you want to talk about an offense being quiet. They scored five runs against the Nationals you know, several days ago, but then in the two games against the Dodgers, just one run in each game and just one run here against the Cardinals. So this Giants offense, without Jock Peterson, without Brandon Belt, they are struggling. And they used a lot of pitchers here in a bullpen day, which means the Cardinals have pretty much seen anybody that they could throw at them. That might be an angle to look at moving forward through this series. Coming up next, Barry Bloom will join me to continue the baseball conversation. I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is The Look Ahead here on VEASAN. This is The Look Ahead on VEASAN, the sports betting network. Scott Sattenberg back here on The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. We're going to continue the Major League Baseball conversation. Joining me now is Barry Bloom, who's been covering the sport of baseball for a long time. You read his stuff at Sportico and amongst other places. Barry, I appreciate you giving me a couple of minutes here on VSIN. And when it comes to what we've seen so far early on here in the baseball season, unders have led the way through the first month. A lot of low scoring. There's been so much being talked about. The ball not traveling as far. Although the past week or so, we've seen a little bit of progression towards the overs. Look, I don't think Major League Baseball is having different balls in play that, like, some would argue happened last year. But what do you make about all the conversation about the baseballs this season? Uh, you know, having written a lot about this over the last couple of years, you know, I've talked to experts and, you know, my assumption of it is, you know, because of the 60-game season a couple of years ago, because of the and and because of the coronavirus, you know, I think they have a lot of balls from different lots. Mm. You know, they produce them every year, and I think what they've done is they've got, you know, a 2020 ball, a 2021 ball, and a 2022 ball, and instead of playing with the with the lots in, you know, one composition, getting rid of them and then going on to the next lots, I think they're mixing up the balls. And I think that's why you're getting problems. 
Now you take that with the the crackdown on uh, sticky substances on the ball, and the fact that you know balls are stored with a humidor now in every ballpark. That that seems to raise the seams on the ball a little bit, which changes the grip for pitchers. I think there's a lot of uh, a, a lot of things here, but I don't think it's a conscious, uh, you know, progression of of any sort of malice by Major League Baseball to to do something with, with different with the balls. You know, plus you know that you know last year they did, you know, come out with a report and they they tried to change the dynamic of the ball to give it a little bit less leg time, you know, as, as, as it's hit. And with Major League Baseball and Peter Seidler, the Padres, controlling Rawlings, you know, they can do whatever they want without any sort of interference from anybody. Yeah, and, you know, what you said about the, the different balls from different lots makes a lot of sense because there's a lot of pitchers around Major League Baseball that – say that every time they get a new ball thrown into play, it feels different. Chris Bassett of the Mets made that point recently. And I also believe that, you know, with the with the lack of uh, a sick, sticky substance and also different feels of the baseballs is why you're leading to you're, – you're having more hit by pitches. I think it's dangerous for the players that, you know, these pitchers don't have the same type of grip on the baseballs. I think Major League Baseball would be best served to come up with their own spider tack and just make it legal and have everybody use the same universal product to have a grip on the baseball. That's just my personal feelings about it, Barry. Well, I can tell you as a fact, because, you know, I talked to people from Rawlings about this a couple of years ago, that they've been working on a universal substance so that, you know, you you don't have to rub the ball up with, with river mud anymore, which... You know, they've been doing since the 1930s to, to get the slickness off the ball. Uh, and, and they haven't really been able to come up with anything consistent. Now, why the Japanese are able to do it. And, uh, you know, a lot of people who played in the uh, in the Olympics last year really liked using the Olympic, which is a ball, which is a little smaller, I think, in the derivation of the uh, the Japanese ball. Uh, why they can't replicate that over here, you know, I don't know. But I, I do know that they've they've tried, but they haven't come up with something that works. Mm. Baseball rubbing mud from Paquonic, New Jersey. Exactly. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I can't believe that. In this day and age, they're still doing that. Yep, yep. Uh, Barry, the the Cincinnati Reds are on a historically bad pace. The the record for the worst 162-game season is in in 2003. The Tigers won 43 games, I believe. Uh, Could you imagine a worse season than what you've seen start out here from the Cincinnati Reds? Well, you've got to remember, I live in Phoenix, and you know, I watched the Diamondbacks win like one game the entire month of May last year. <laughs> and they were on a historic pace last year, too. And uh, really, the worst record in baseball history was, you know, my 1962 New York Mets when I was a kid growing up in New York. And they were playing at the Polo Grounds, and they were 40 and 120. And every time you get a team that rolls into about 110 losses, which is what the Diamondbacks did last year, you know, you always have people speculating that, you know, somebody's going to beat that Mets record, which I think is, you know, wholly impossible. <laughs> I just think the Reds, they're not that bad a team. No, they've got some decent pitching. They've just on, on, on a bad start. And the way Major League Baseball season is, 
you know, it it it, it comes around at some point. You know, so it's going to be hard for them to lose, I, I think, uh, or not win more than 60 games when all push comes to shove. Things will, you know, will turn around for them. Yeah, that's why I warn people that just want to blindly bet against them. I'm like, you know what? They're going to win 50 more games for the rest from now until the end of the season. Those 50 wins are coming whether you like it or not. Yes, they might. it might be only 50, and they'll finish you know, with 53 wins or something worse, but they're going to win their fair share of games. Uh, you got to believe that's coming. Barry, um, right. the, the incident that occurred with Madison Bumgarner the other day I, I thought was absolutely ridiculous. Um, there's been some issues with players, and certainly with Angel Hernandez behind the plate, but there's been issues with players and umpires um, do you think it's it's getting to be a little bit uh, a little bit too much? Maybe a distrust or an anger between players and umpires. You know, first of all, we got back to the sticky substance rules, and yep. you know, baseball's you know penchant for you know basically slamming down on it last year, and it's continued into this year, and the umpires have to police it. And so, you know, my understanding of what happened, you know, look, Madison's got an irascible personality. I've done him for a long time since he was a kid coming up in the majors. Something hit him wrong. There was a pitch in the sequence before he came out of the game, going back to the dugout that he didn't like a call. Uh, the, the the first pace up umpire took umbrage and I think was looked like was playing with him a little bit and trying to antagonize him and, you know, Madison bit and blew. So, I mean, I don't think it's a consistent thing that's going on, but really if this is that we're at the tail end of this anyway, when it comes to all this stuff with balls and strikes in 2024, I really do believe you're going to have the automatic strike zone and the umpires are going to be confined to doing everything else. And, and that you're not going to have anybody arguing with an automatic strike zone anymore that element will be just taken out of the game like so many other things have been taken out. Are you a fan of that? I'm very much a fan of it. Look, this is my 46th baseball season. I'm a traditionalist in some ways, but I'm not wedded to the past. You know, I'm very much where I cover all four sports, you know, baseball probably more so than any other. But, you know, every league has been conscious about making changes to move forward for the times, the the size of the players, you know the uh, you know, what needs to be done to make make the game better, faster, higher tempo, you know, and baseball is very slow to do that. And you know, I've seen a lot of these uh, rules in action. Some of them you're going to have next year. I think the shift is gone next year. Mm-hmm. I think the uh, you know you might have. You know, the two times over to first base per batter on a base runner, you know, uh, so that you can quicken up the running game. You're going to have the bigger bases. You're going to have the pitch clock, which is going to include the tempo of the game. And I've seen these in action in the fall league. Uh, Every part of it works. Players adapt to it. I don't think anybody cares about the length of the game per se. I think it's the tempo of the game and putting the ball in play. You know, there there was one game I was at last week where, you know, eight batters, it, it was a Met Diamondback game, and eight batters came to the plate, and, you know, five of them were on base by the walks, hit batter, and three balls were hit out of the infield, one single and two fly balls. You just can't have that. 
You know, you, it would be like having an NBA game where, you know, you're, you're, you're restricting the amount of shots that are taken in a game because, uh, you know, the, the game is altered. And so you're not, you might be not making the adjustment back, you know, so these things all have to be done. And I'm looking forward to seeing a lot of them implemented starting with next year. Yeah, it certainly will be a shock to some, but a welcomed addition to most of us. Barry, I appreciate the time and the conversation. Thank you so much for joining us here. Thanks, Scott. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. There he is. Barry Bloom, uh, he's been covering uh, baseball for a long time, covers every sport pretty much. You can read his stuff right now at Sportico. I'm Scott Sadenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Coming up next, I want to look at the board for Friday and see about some of these games and if we can identify which ones we want to pounce on. This is The Look Ahead here on v the sports betting network. This is the look ahead on VSN, the sports betting network. The Kentucky Derby is Saturday, and right now VSN is offering you a special $9.99 Kentucky Derby betting guide with previews of all the horses and jockeys for every race. Plus, best bets for the entire weekend, including the run for the roses. Order your copy now for only $9.99 at vcin.com slash derby guide. That's vcin.com slash derby guide. Scott Sadenberg back here with you. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. You can always hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Coming up about 15 minutes or so from now, we're going to get back into the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs. Talk a little UFC 245 with our very own Lou Finicaro. Uh, but now I want to talk about the baseball board for Friday. Let's see what we have up on schedule. Now, there's a couple of games where weather could be a factor. Uh, We got 95% chance of rain right now for the Bronx, where the Yankees will host the Texas Rangers. That could get delayed, could be a rain out. We'll wait and see. Also, rain in the Northeast means in Philadelphia as well, we're going to see rain, Mets and Phillies could could be delayed or impacted or whatnot. And there's actually 45% chance of rain in Chicago, where the Dodgers will face the Cubs. That is your first game of the day. It's the only day game. It is uh, a, uh, what is it, 11, 12, 1, 2, 20 Eastern time start. Uh, Dodgers and Cubs. No line is out for that game just yet because the Cubs have not announced a starting pitcher. Tyler Anderson is scheduled to go for the Dodgers. No starting pitcher announced for the Cubs. The Pirates will take on the Reds in Cincinnati. JT Brubaker against Connor Overton. Pittsburgh is a minus 130 favorite. And again, let me just warn you, be careful. There's a lot of people right now. The Cincinnati Reds are a hot topic on gambling Twitter. Everyone's talking about them. Everyone's, you know, buying, getting into the whole fade in the Reds. Take the other team minus a run and a half. All this fun stuff. Be careful. The wins are coming for the Reds. Now, ain't going to be a lot of them. But we're already 25 games into the season. 
the Reds this year will win 50 games. The worst record ever is 43 for a 162-game season. That if they if they're going to have more than 43 wins. What was it? Last year, I guess the Diamondbacks were 52 and 110. Reds are going to win like 50-something games, 50 games. That means that 47 to 50, the, the wins are coming. They will come. People will come, right? They will most certainly come. Be careful blindly betting against the Reds. Reds at home, JT Brubaker, who this season is uh, off to an 0-2 start. On the road this year, he's made three starts. He's allowed set. He's allowed ten runs in eleven innings on the road this season. Be careful. The Royals will be in uh, Baltimore to take on the Orioles. Jordan Lyles against Carlos Hernandez. Baltimore minus one fifteen with a total of eight. Mets and Phillies from uh, Citizens Bank in Philadelphia. Max Scherzer and Kyle Gibson. The Mets are a minus 140 favorite with a total of seven. And man, oh man, how do you bounce back from that loss if you're the Phillies? Like, you have a 7-1 lead going into the ninth inning. And the Mets scored seven runs in the top of the ninth. 330 times the Mets had gone into a ninth inning down six runs. They were 0 and 330 until this game. That is remarkable and really tough for the Phillies to bounce back from. Rangers and Yankees from the Bronx. Glenn Otto goes for Texas against Garrett Cole, who uh, was much better in his last two starts than he was in his first three starts. So maybe Garrett Cole finally starting to warm up, right? There was the shortened spring, and no one really got off to a real uh, good start, just not ready or whatnot. Um, You know, he allowed three runs in his first game against Boston, three runs uh, against Toronto, two runs against Detroit. But then six and two-thirds scoreless innings against Cleveland, and six scoreless innings against KC. So he has thrown now 12 and two-thirds scoreless innings in a row. And he he's pitching. He, he feels good. Yankees had an off day. Their bullpen clearly rested. Their bullpen has been elite this season. Hard to bet against the Yankees with Garrett Cole on the mound. Although... Like I tweeted out jokingly, we did see Rizzo, Judge, and and DJ slamming some beers at the Rangers game. <laughs> uh, watch out. Those guys are going to be hung over. Uh, that's funny. Uh, White Sox take on the Red Sox. Vince Velasquez against Nathan Yavaldi. You want to talk about a guy who bounced back in his last outing. Velasquez threw five and two-thirds shutout innings against the Angels for the first time this season when he didn't get rocked. Um, is this now a spot to back him again? Uh, Boston's minus 175 
with Nathan Yavaldi on the hill. Total of eight and a half. And this Red Sox offense has been real not good. Not good, really. It's it's been very quiet. Um they got shut out here against the Angels on Thursday. They scored five on Wednesday, four on Tuesday. They scored five uh, in Bos- in Baltimore before that. One run, three runs, zero runs. So it's 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 been an, an interesting week for the Red Sox. But going up against Vince Velasquez, I mean, if there was a recipe for a struggling offense, it's Vince Velasquez. Red Sox minus 175. Wow. Uh, Blue Jays at the Guardians. Kevin Gosman, Shane Bieber. Total of six and a half. And I'm sorry. This game's going over. Six and a half is too low for both of these offenses. With all due respect to Gosman, with all due respect to Shane Bieber, we are starting to see this now. The books are hanging the, the numbers are way too low. Way too low. Now, these are two very good pitchers. So, I'm not saying that this is a fade of both of these pitchers. This is more of a buying in on both of these offenses, which combined for 11 runs in the first game of this series. I'm not asking for 11. I'm not asking for 10 or 9 or 8. I'm asking for 7. A 4-3 final is very reasonable, and that goes over the 6.5. I would not be surprised if this thing gets to 7 by the time we get the first pitch uh, or by the time we wake up. Uh, Brewers and Braves from Atlanta, no line out just yet. Eric Lauer uh, going for the Brewers, no announced pitcher for the Braves. Tigers and Astros, Houston minus 190 with uh, Luis Garcia on the hill against Bo Brieski. For the Tigers, A's are in Minnesota to take on the Twins. Minnesota's minus 180, but the A's have not announced the starting pitcher just yet. Josh Widner goes for Minnesota. The Nationals will send my favorite pitcher to the mound, Joanna Doan, in Anaheim against the Angels. There's one thing that I'm actually, that I don't necessarily like about this spot. is It's the Angels now returning home after a cross-country trip. So they were in Boston. It was a day game, yes, but now cross country flight. Now they got to take on. Uh, they got to play a game here on Friday night. But it is so nice betting against Yohan Adone. This dude gives up more hard contact than anybody in baseball. Um, four runs in four innings his last start. Five runs in four innings the start before that. He had six and a third shutout innings, but that was against Arizona. Pittsburgh tagged him for six runs. The Mets got him for four runs. Angels will get him for four or five runs. Marlins Padres, San Diego minus 130. Sandy Alcantara against you, Darvish. Total is six and a half, which is low. Rays Mariners, Josh Fleming, Logan Gilbert. Seattle minus 125. And then Cardinals Giants, Jordan Hicks, Alex Cobb. No line on that just yet. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Coming up next, we'll get back into the Stanley Cup playoff action and also get a little insight on UFC 274 coming your way on Saturday. Lou Finacaro will join me on the program, get his thoughts on what's going down on the ice and in the octagon. 
This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Baseball predictions made brighter. Join the Born in a Ballpark Challenge presented by Blue Moon to compete free for cash all season. Enter weekly prediction bulls to fight for your share of $62,500 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Blue Moon now to join the action. Blue Moon made brighter. 21 and over only terms and conditions and other eligible restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Please drink responsibly. Scott Sadenberg back here with you. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN. Joined now by Lou Finnecaro at Gamblu on Twitter. And let's start in hockey, Lou. Uh, the Carolina Hurricanes up two games to none on the Boston Bruins. Did, did those two games catch you by surprise at all? Well, first of all, Scott, thank you so much for having me on. And and I'll, I'll say yes and no. First of all, I'll disclose that uh, we're aggressive in Carolina futures as, as you and I have talked before. Mm-hmm. And my feeling going into this series was that Carolina was going to have to be able to overcome the loss of their goaltender, but that their focus on the opponent, Boston, was acute simply because two of the last three years, it was Boston that knocked them out. So uh, obviously I have the ability, we've seen two games already. So uh, I, I really have to say, I'm I'm not surprised because I think Carolina is the better team and had Boston in their sights at the same time, it, it, they can't wait too long before they get their real netminder Anderson back. Uh, just because Boston's not going to lay down at home and those games, uh, you know, later tonight on Friday, that's going to be a big Boston home ice advantage. Oh, I would agree with that. Uh, We've seen both games go over the posted total. Would you like the over five and a half? I'll tell you what, you nail me there again, Scott, because I would have been wrong on those two games thinking they were going to be one, nothing, two to one kind of games. The first two games, I'm kind of glad that I've not been dabbling in the totals yet. I want to let those settle down because uh, I think Boston has to get on the board, get on the board first. And then the way Boston plays, I think it's got to be a two, one, three, one Boston Mm. game. Uh, but it hasn't been that way thus far. So I'll, I'll, I'm still learning early in this playoff season. What did you make of the first two games between the Maple Leafs and the Lightning? At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is 
is uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. I thought after game one, it was okay, here's Toronto's time. But then in game two, boy, Tampa showed why they got that championship pedigree with the back-to-back cups here. I had a nickel for every time Toronto, excuse me, Tampa Bay has lost the first game of the series, especially early in cup playoffs, round one and two, and then come back to win game two, I'd be Warren Buffett. And <laughs> and I've oftentimes used that as a tactic. I'd love to come in in game two and bet a series bet. In fact, that's exactly what I did before this game two in Toronto at Tampa plus 175 to plus 180. And that is a series price that was pick them as they started the series. Now they'll roll back to Tampa with Tampa. I got to think being a slight favorite in the series, but there's price advantage now with us. So uh, going into that game three is going to be very, very important. I tend to really put a lot of premium on road teams. I believe there's tremendous value in road teams in the NHL, because if you simply track the opening lines, you'll see that the opening lines already have a little bit of a premium baked into the home team. Further, if you watch home these home lines as we get closer to the drop of the puck and they get hit, the they they almost inevitably grow. Almost all the time, the home line will grow from a from whatever favorite to a larger favorite. There is such great value in considering the road team. The percentages and profitability are excellent year in to year out in the Stanley Cup playoffs. You just have to be selective into which ones they are. And I have to be honest, I think Carolina's a live underdog in Boston from what I've seen in game one. And I think uh, Toronto's going to be every bit live in Tampa Bay in their game three, in their game three, uh, that one opened plus a hundred Toronto, even money. What about the wild going into St. Louis? Boy, there's a good, there's a great series and it's really flip your coin as to which one's going to win. I fully expect them to go back to Minnesota two to two. So uh, which way are we going to look at that one? And uh, and so I can't answer that one right yet for you. Uh, I, I want to think St. Louis, but Minnesota really did show me a lot. Uh, it's it's my hypothesis going in, Scott, that Flurry is overrated and isn't the answer. But in game two, he looked strong and solid, and they kept him in there. So there there may be some more research we need to undertake with Minnesota and Mr. Flurry before I make any grand proclamations. Well, speaking of goaltenders, Edmonton loses game one, and a lot of heat goes to Mike Smith, who was 0-10 in his last 10 playoff games, 0-6 
as the Oilers' netminder. And there was questions, would Edmonton go with Koskinen in net or stay with Mike Smith? They stay with Mike Smith, and he rewards them by pitching a shutout in Game 2. So now the Oilers are minus 145 road favorites here in Game 3 on Friday night. What's your lean here? Yeah, I'll be I'll be interested to see where that line goes because there's it's it's interesting. It'll be I think one of the first road favorites we've seen in the playoffs this year. So I'll be interested to see where that line goes. Uh, L.A. traditionally, I shouldn't say it traditionally, but this year L.A. at home has stunk up the joint and they've really underachieved. So at this point in time, again, I, I I'm going to see if there's any advantage. In that road team, meaning if I can get a price into the minus 30s, I may have to consider them. That's how much I put a premium on being on the road. Lou, while I have you, let's, of course, talk about this UFC 274 card that we'll see on Saturday night. Uh, The first fight that jumped out to me. And again, it's it might be a uh, a retirement fight for both of these guys, but Cowboy Cerrone as a minus one eighty favorite is just eye opening to me, considering the guy has not won a fight in his last six fights. That's correct, but that being said. They're giving him a guy in Joe Lozon that has been away from the octagon for 31 months. And yeah, his <laughs> history before that uh, shows, uh, shows, you know, better activity. And it also shows, you know, uh, at least some wins. Uh, but I think if you peel the onion a little deeper, Cerrone spent the whole camp not at his ranch in Albuquerque where he drinks Budweiser's and and gives birth (laughs) birth to cattle, but rather at the apex up in in Las Vegas. He spent the whole camp there. He's ranting and raving about the focus he's bringing to the fight. I think Joe Lozon's a great fight, a dangerous fighter, but I only give him about four to six minutes of effectiveness, and he has to eventually – find his way in on Cerrone to take him down to have any shot. Joe's a submission guy. Uh, I think this thing to me looks like it's going to start out on the feet and remain on the feet. And I think there it's a kickboxing match that I have to lean to Cerrone to. Now Cerrone opens minus 240. So when you realize he opens 240, now he's minus 180. All of a sudden, that that doesn't taste so bad to me. Mm, Makes a lot of sense there. Uh, In the main event, is Justin Gaethje a live dog here? Justin Gaethje's a live dog in any fight that he would fight. However, what we saw in the last instance he was a live dog was him getting completely dominated by Khabib Nurmagomedov. Now, the question now becomes, is Oliveira anywhere near the fighter Nurmagomedov is, and the answer is no, they're different fighters. But I believe Oliveira has every bit the capability to do to Gaethje what Nurmagomedov did, and for that reason, I lean to Oliveira in the fight. And if you'd want to get away from maybe uh, paying that 165 170 price, yeah, you can take a look at him as uh, on some form of inside the distance. I do believe that, you know, come round three, four, or five, uh, Gaethje can slow. He can get a little bit sloppy, and that's very, very dangerous with a guy like Charles Oliveira. 
Lou, appreciate the time and the conversation. As always, my friend, good luck with your bets on Saturday. Enjoy the action. He is Lou Finicaro. Check him out on Twitter at Gamblue. Uh, always does a great job breaking down the UFC and great insight as well on the Stanley Cup playoffs. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott Air. S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. This is The Look Ahead here on Visa. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.